This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. a couple health questions for you because I'm trying to, to gain weight and uh, you responded very nicely and uh, just a couple of further ones. So MCT oil and putting oil in your coffee, um, it seems like a, it's like 30 grams of fat and crazy amount of calories, but then you're looking into MCT oil, it says it, it's a way to lose weight. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like so ketogenic, explain. right? It's like pure, right. pure fat. It's probably good for you. I don't know. I, I feel like well, there's probably like practitioners out there that know better than me that like what work specifically for different conditions. You know, I think it would probably matter um, why you felt you needed to gain weight. What what was the issue with that? Rather than just you know you need to gain weight. Yeah, just as I think that I, I'm not in taking enough calories with my intermittent fasting, and I'm just not eating enough. I, I started, I did a, an app, and I think it is as simple as that. I How many not. calories do you get a day? Uh, I just started, man. I, I I don't know. It was like probably is like twelve hundred or something. Uh, twelve hundred is like yeah. a ten year old girl. I'm not eating. Sasha enough. gets like two thousand yeah. at least. I'm probably not eating enough, right? I think the first one I did it was like fifteen hundred or something. Yeah, so that that's the yeah, problem. Usually right? two so, two thousand is like average man. I think. I mean, not like yeah. the average man's a good. Maybe I'm off on that. Too. Honestly, I've just tried that once. Don't quote me on that. But whatever it was, it, it probably is Go. clear that I'm not I'm not intaking enough. And eating you know eating this healthy way is obviously contributing to that. You know, I mean that's that's part of it. So I've been looking right. into this. You don't, the, have to like, the, you don't have to like absorb a bunch of useless calories to get what you need because you're just getting nutrient-dense foods. But here's what you should do. A real man just goes to that Sports Illustrated with Tony Mandarich in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever his diet was, just do that. I guarantee you'll put on some pounds. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, the questions I had specifically, what you said, those are fine. But the, I was curious if the Brazil nut was part of that oil compound. And I know those are really high in omega-6s, the actual nut. And I'm curious if the oil would be the same detriment to your health. Probably and not I great. A lot of, it's, probably probably what? Not, it's probably not great. I mean, nothing, you know, a little bit of oil and some mix is probably not going to kill you. But And Brazil nuts have selenium, so they're healthy. But the oil probably doesn't have selenium. A nut is a seed, and you're squeezing the oils out of it. And it's like... You know, if you were to eat a handful of nuts, you know, in the wild or whatever, and you wouldn't really be, you'd just get a little bit of oil. But how much, how many nuts go in to make like, you know, a couple ounces of oil? Maybe like 20 or 30 or something like that. Right. So you're getting like way more of that dose than you would, than, you know, any human would get in nature. So you're sort of messing with something. I don't know. It's probably not too bad, but. 
I don't, I don't no, I've gotten some advice with the, I, I have the, some good grass fed beef jerky I've been having, which is good protein. But the, the other thing I've been doing with, uh, is macadamia nut butter. Cause as far as I can tell, macadamia nuts are the, the best nut for you. And that is a good way of getting fat. Another keto type thing. And I actually Why find it butter? delicious. Why I find it butter delicious. and ghee? Yeah. See, just eat that. See, food. I think, I honestly think that most people tolerate meat pretty well, right? Just like steak and bone broth and yes, if you can I handle you liver, that. if you can handle liver, it's good, but it was bad, man. I just tried it. I know it's super good for you. And right. I'm, so people yeah, don't it like it. It's fine. It's but like if you eat like a lot of steak, mostly you can vary it up with like lamb or whatever. Lamb. I love for like, you know, not, just two, three weeks. That's it. No vegetables, no fruit, no, ve- no plant products at all. I bet you a lot of your issues go away. And that what happens is like plants are basically little poisons mostly and they're medicines, right? Because like a plant can't run, it can't flee. So how does it protect itself against predators? Well, it has these like bitter compounds that are poisonous. And if bugs eat it, some of them might die. Well, we're a lot bigger than bugs, so we can eat a little bit of it and actually might help kill off some bugs in our own bodies. So the plant stuff can be good medicine for us when we need it. But the problem is once you've you know poisoned yourself through civilization for 30, 40 years, you now have all these, you know, chemicals in you and stuff, and you have sensitivities to a whole bunch of stuff. So even stuff that's like ostensibly healthy in general might, you know, make you reactive, make you not absorb your food well, might make you, you know, bloated, might make you have a rash, might give you sort of an autoimmune reaction or an allergic reaction. And so a lot of people benefit for just like going off of vegetables altogether for a few weeks and then adding in stuff little by little. And seeing what they can tolerate, because everyone's so specific and everyone's just so di- yeah differently made. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes oxalates, sense. which are in certain vegetables, you can look up which ones are high in oxalates. There's phytates, which are in nuts. There's lectins, which are in beans, legumes. There's all sorts of stuff, right? And so everybody has a different issue. And sometimes, like people just go like a couple of weeks just meat, meat and water, basically, and you'll get super sick of it. You'll be craving carbs, but then like all the inflammation will start to die down. And then you're like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll add in, you know, some apples and then you'll eat some of those and you'll be like, ah, I feel great still. Okay. I'll add in, you know, this, and you just add it back in over, you know, another couple of weeks. Right. I've also done the whey protein too. I've done that for about six weeks now. And that's like 28 grams of protein per, per scoop. Um, uh, one question about basically I've just, salmon is basically the best food for you. It seems like, um, I've wild. noticed only wild, they're different kind of tuna. Um, oh, I know wait, wait. You it's only wild the salmon. The farm salmon is a total garbage product. It's not total good for you at all. Right. Right. Okay. And most restaurants you go to is probably going to be farmed. It's going to say mean, wild if it's wild yeah. because it's more expensive and deservedly so. So I know you're really worried about mercury. Uh, I looked at like, I guess, skipjack is the tuna, not albacore. And one thing I learned too, is like, you want your, if you get canned, you want it in water. Like if it comes oil, it's like almost even worse, like the omega six. But anyway, so canned wild salmon, do you have any recommendation of how to eat it? Cause it's not, you know, how do you eat? It tastes great. I mean, you're no, doing a lot of weird stuff. I want to just say like, I'm not, I, I applaud you. You're, you're trying to do stuff, but what about just regular foods? What about just buying some wild salmon? Like from a fish market or a, you know. Right. Well, I'm trying to see like an actual regular what is honestly more, it's more going to be doable for the rest of my life. And it's going to have a fish market by me. That's why. I mean, what about about like online, you can get some wild salmon shipped to you frozen or something. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I have been looking into that as well, too. So you'd say avoid can. Is no, can is okay. Gross. Canning is not a problem. If it's canned in water. No, I'm just, absolutely it's looking into the, gross. the best, it doesn't the, the taste best great. meat places to be shipped to me. I'm absolutely, yes. Yeah, it just doesn't taste great. You know I mean? So if you're looking for something sustainable for you, it's got to be delicious. It's got to taste have like Have like frozen fish delivered to me, basically, would be the... Yeah, I mean, ideally, the, you go to a market or you know a butcher or something, get stuff fresh. Right. But... Well, uh, even more so, I'm going to be avoiding human contact for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, frozen fish delivery. All right, that's fair. That's fair. The answer is canned salmon is gross. I mean, so there's I mean, no good way to eat gross. it. It's gross. It's okay. And if you can tolerate it, great. It's good for you. Sardines are good. Anchovies are good. But make sure it's, nothing's packed. Olive oil is okay, but if it's packed in like and, – and you never know. They sometimes lie about the oil. So you're okay. right. Water's probably better. I'm telling you something all of it isn't great. But anyway, no, that's why I asked you to say that we should talk about this behind the scenes because I'm deep in the weeds here. Like I've done all the, of the, you know, well, the what research What I'm saying here. is like keep it simple. Like just get yourself grass-fed meat, wild salmon, and that's it for a bit. And, and butter is a good way butter. to gain weight. Is yeah, what, like this macadamia nut oil. Like who the hell has that stuff? Yeah. Olive oil, butter, ghee, yeah. basic you know? See, the problem, yeah, that's good. The problem is I noticed that the butter has been eaten a lot less in our house. I've replaced it, even though I found some good grass-fed, the the Ireland one, um, right. Kerrygold, I think it's called. Right. Um, I, uh, I noticed I've stopped because I've stopped the bread. So what am I putting butter on? You're right, but like your eggs, cook your eggs in yeah. butter. Yeah, I haven't eaten a lot of hard-boiled eggs. Cook your okay. steak in yeah. butter. Steak, right, all the meat, yeah. Okay, all right. It's interesting. The stuff that looks like you're going to make gain weight is also advertised to lose weight. Well, because you do lose weight. High, it's the carbs that make high, you fat. It's right. the carbs that make you gain weight. If you're just eating fat and protein mostly, you're going to lose weight. But who cares? You'd be jacked. <laughs> I am a little bit skinny jacked. Definitely the most skinny jacked I have been. Just in my don't life. be skinny fat. People think, oh, you know, I'm, I only weigh, you know, 150. I'm, I'm fine. But if it's all fat, you're, you, you have still all the health risks that uh, an obese person has. So yeah. I don't know. Don't well, I feel totally healthy and I feel great, but I just at like literally the bottom of the BMI. So yeah. I just go you know, and punch I'm, someone I'm, in the face on the street. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm all about peace these days. What, dude? The riots, man. Have you seen the footage of what's going on in our world? Like, where do you want to start? I mean, this is. I mean, I think of- this is just the beginning. I mean, the, for the police to be choking somebody in addition to the government basically bailing out the rich every single day with these Fed actions is just beyond the pale and there you know there might have been unrest already all the unemployment and the unfairness in the economy but then you start having like police racist police violence and stuff you're going to really you know pour gasoline on it so it's uh yeah no i mean i don't know if you've how much footage you've seen but it seems like it's getting totally out of control and yeah do you want to do you want to talk about anything the george floyd situation i mean you have the karen no, in central park no. i mean the, any, any of that or, What's or the no karen in central park yeah, she, you know, they, she's yelling at the guy for, for she was bird watching and she's calling the cops saying a black man is, is uh, alone. And he basically tried to get her life is she's been fired from her job. And, right. and why did she do that? Him. Like, why did, what did it occur to her to do that? Uh, I have no idea what she I have no idea. It was, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, she's her dog's I mean, off I mean, leash. In 2020 in New York City, what, yeah. what would it occur to her to do that? Like what kind of thought process would she have? And then it. To, to, yeah. I mean, I, I don't just, know. I don't understand. Just forget about forget about like her intention or if she's the worst racist person ever or not. And it was clear she was being filmed too, so she really wasn't thinking. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't well. even know. That just to me, it's almost like a mental illness or something. Yeah. So anyway, horrible stuff going on in the world as if it wasn't already. And yeah, you're right. The nation was already unsettled, and now it's just going to be. Well, no, so. we're not even. No, this, this is. I mean, 
it's horrible to happen, but this is stuff that happened, you know, there were horrible shootings and, and was on tape and stuff, racist incidents. But the economic stuff is just getting started. What was it that just went bankrupt? Oh, Le Pan Quotidien. We used to go to one of those in uh, L.A. It's like a chain of uh, sort of upscale hipster uh, yeah, some other big breakfast chains. places, Pure Imports or Pure 19 yeah. Imports. So, and these are pr- pretty big companies just yeah. going bankrupt one after another. And, of course, the airlines would have gone bankrupt had they not been bailed out. These things are going to cascade through the economy. And I don't understand any optimism because even if the virus gets completely crushed in the next three weeks or whatever, <laughs> the damage is done. And yeah, I, I don't, I think we're just well, in the, I, I think we're still in the first or second inning of this whole thing. Yeah. Isn't there also like, Oh, that would be an issue obviously in and of itself, but there's also Hong Kong and China and that's like going to probably affect right. them. I mean, is there's a whole separate issue that's like an absolute possible, you know, catastrophe well, too. So it's like, we're, it's like we're getting it on both ends. And not that I do not, there's not financial advice. It's something I did. I've been following these traders on Twitter and I, I just sold every stock. I don't have any. And it's been going up, actually. And I, so I started as it went up further and further. And then I was like, uh, all right, I'll, I'll buy a put. You know what a put is? You buy the right to sell the stock to somebody at a certain price. And you buy yeah, one that's right, out of the money. Right. So I have one that's like, you know, it would be like a 20% drop for this to be in the money. So I'm basically, you, you, you pay a fixed amount for this and if it never mm-hmm. drops then you just lose you just throw out that money that you paid uh, but if it does drop or you could sell it as it's dropping or whatever anyway it just keeps going up so i keep buying more and i'm like deeper into this than i expected to be and i'm probably down like 1200 bucks in terms of like the if i had to sell, sell it now but i think eventually the market's just people are gonna be like wait the fed doesn't have the power to prop up the market in the face of People just not having jobs. I mean, restaurants not opening. You know, people get paid. We've been through this. Like all the office buildings in Midtown Manhattan are empty, and they go to lunch. And they, there's ecosystems. There's vast ecosystems that are just being wiped out, and they can't just you can't just rebuild. It's like you leave a you know, I don't know if we said this last week, but you leave a plant without water or watering it for like a couple of months. You can't be like, oh great, the water's turned back on. Let's go water the plant again. It's like no, plant's dead. Total, a thousand percent. Can, I, can we talk some Bitcoin then about this? Sure. Can we transition? Sure. Okay, so first of all, I, I have not personally been in stocks at all. I've been given some Yahoo, Alibaba through my company or whatever, but I have never experienced the ups and downs or paid attention to it. Uh, but I have with Bitcoin um, since I started, and that's been exciting in and of itself. But this last week, it feels like it's been like a soap opera. I mean, I'm sure you followed it, but like, I mean, we want to talk about this. Did Satoshi sell all those coins? Uh, it's the 10-year anniversary of the, the pizza thing. Um, there's a town in China that's like the hash rate is they produce a ton of them, and now suddenly they might not be able to to mine them. And then the Craig Wright has been exposed even more so as a fraud. I mean, this is all in the past week. Yeah, I've heard that stuff on the periphery, but I just don't really – None of that interests me. Like none of that interests you, really. No, so that, I don't okay, care about right, any of that so. stuff. It's about. I mean, we can go deep down the rabbit hole, but it's basically there's this there's this uh, Tales from the Crypt podcast by this guy Breedlove. Breedlove is his guest. I don't know this guy's last name is Breedlove or it's his handle, or whatever. And he goes deep into the meaning of money. You know, suffice to say, a lot of these guys think this, and I think there's a lot of truth in this. That if you want to protest the government, you know, the election choices don't aren't very good. And, you know, going out in the street and protesting isn't especially effective these days. And But uh, opting into some Bitcoin is a very good protest against the system. It can't be inflated and it can't be, it's not controlled by the government. It's sort of separating money and state. Like, you know, however many years ago they separated church and state. It used to be the king was also sort of your religious boss, right? It was like church and state were one. 
and they separated that, you know, your religion and the state are totally separate, right? There's not, in the U.S., um, it doesn't administer religious services. It doesn't tell you, you know, you have to go to church or deal with that at all. Bitcoin is a separation of money and state. Money is something that is uh, held decentralized, uh, valued among the people who can exchange it peer-to-peer, and there's no backed by the American government, any of that. The government doesn't have the ability to print it, to wage wars. Everything has to be paid for. Just like you know, in Game of Thrones, when uh, they needed to wage a war, they had to go to the Iron Bank and borrow the gold to wage war. You could just print a bunch of money and, uh, and go launch a war. And that, a lot of things change when the government has to actually come up with the funds to do the things it wants to do. So this, it's a very deep rabbit hole, and I'm just scratching the total surface of it. But I'm more into the, the bigger, both the monetary policy, the monetary history part of it, and the uh, sort of huge implications for it in terms of society. I mean, these guys will go so far as to say that modern art is shit because money, which is constantly being printed and inflated, makes you have a fast time preference, and you need to get stuff done now, and you need to spend this money now and consume it now or invest it and buy and sell and buy and sell because you can't just leave it under your mattress because it's going to inflate and it's going to be worth less and less. And so it's created this culture of expedience and uh, of just sort of rushing everything. We build shit architecture. All the most beautiful buildings in the world are built you know, 100, 150 years ago. Nothing nice. Very little nice is being built Everything, every product is disposable and shitty. And so that, you know, that this is all about the money. And starting, there's a website called What the Fuck WTF Happened in 1971. And we'll show you some amazing charts about what happened once they took uh, the US dollar off the gold standard. So uh, I'm more down that rabbit hole and this kind of stuff with Satoshi and, and Craig Wright and stuff. I don't, I don't even care at all. Yeah, well, the, the right thing is kind of, it doesn't matter, but the Satoshi thing absolutely should matter. It could matter, and it would be something I wouldn't totally overlook. It's kind of a, I wouldn't say black swan, but it's definitely an unforeseen event happened that could dramatically affect the price. But the research I've seen suggests that it was not, not him, him yeah. and, that, and that's quelled the, the fear that, you know, that price did drop for a while there. Um, but I hear you, and uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm with you. That's a, it's a, it's a, a good way to protest, for sure. Um, uh, do you have any other thoughts in, in your mind specifically? I have whatever, a few things to go, but look, I'm going to ask you first. Yeah. So this last week I had a horrible ear infection and oh, I got it oh, because I uh, was like Q-tipping my ear and I blame this on bad karma. I dated this girl in college. It was a very bad relationship. It was very volatile. I don't want I'm not going to talk any shit about her, but it was, it was not good. And, uh, it was a difficult one to extricate myself from. And uh, one thing she showed me, she was like, oh, you never Q-tip your ears? I'm like, no. So I Q-tip it. I'm like probably 21, 22, and like all this wax is on the Q-tip. I'm like, wow, that feels kind of good. So I've been doing this for like, you know, 30 years since then, 25 years. And I've gotten like two or three ear infections over that time because I just like pushed it in too far. I scraped it or the Q-tip might have had some bacteria on it or whatever. Every time, like never again, never again. Like this is the worst I was like suicidal level pain. Like I'm sitting there, my ears throbbing. It's like, feels like it's the size of an orange and it's so swollen, you know, and I'm just, just throbbing in agony. But here's the, here's the thing. The silver lining for this is, so we pay like 200 a month for healthcare in Portugal for the, all three of us, the family, 200 a month, no deductible or anything. There are copays. So I call up on, on uh, Saturday morning and like absolute misery could barely sleep. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, Hey, can you just give me a prescription for antibiotics? I got this ear infection. 
guys like unfortunately you need to be examined because we don't know what kind of ear infection it is and it, it would depend like what kind of antibiotics or whether it's topical or oral I'm like, well, I really don't feel like going to the hospital right now because of the situation. They're like, I understand. They're like, well, uh, it looks like your plan has house calls. Would you like a house call? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, how much? What's the the copay for the house? Did you know that even existed? No, uh, I did vaguely because one of our friends got one once, but I forgot about it. So I said, yeah, how much for a house call? I said, well, it's a 25 euro copay. It's 30 bucks to 28 bucks. I'm like, done. So a couple hours later, this woman shows up, and, and we're in the, the country place. It's this tiny little house that we rent from our architect friend, but it's super nice. It's like, I, c- I couldn't believe how nice it was. I couldn't believe we hadn't been there for more. We spent the whole week there, actually. So she shows up at the country house. I'm like, this is like 20 miles out of Lisbon, you know, half an hour drive. Yeah, no problem. We can come there. She comes there, you know, gives me the exam. She's like, ooh, you know, she doesn't speak English. I have to, like, piece it together with Portuguese. And... Uh, you know, she was like, ooh, and she saw my ear. And I was like, uh, ovio, which means obvious. And she's like, yeah. Um, mm. And uh, so she, you know, she gives me the prescription. I went to a pharmacy and got the antibiotics. It's like 80% better now. Like, it's, it's not pleasant, but it's, it's way better than it was. That's just like 20. I mean, that's just, how good is that? They come to your house? That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. She's yeah. So nice. Is- I did it outside on like the patio. I was like sitting there. You know, getting like this medical exam for like five yeah, minutes. Would you not have been able to get antibiotics if not for that? Like, I mean, it's not like you could abuse it. Like, I mean, how is that going to work? Well, what if someone has an ear infection in the United States? That's a great question. Well, the thing is, so I had to go get them from the pharmacy, but they could, you know, they could still give it to you online. It was just that because ear infection is, there's like different parts of the, you know, it might require right. different things. Right. They were like, you need that's to be true. examined. So some, I, I could have maybe pressed it and gotten it, but they're pretty chill. No, that's great. Yeah, that option, why not? Sure. So I think a lot of the hops, hospitals right now are like uh, ironically emptier than, than usual, but I obviously wouldn't want to go myself. Go. Plus just going there, waiting and sitting around and filling out for yep. It sucks going to the hospital. Like, this is so chill. I was sitting on my like patio. Yeah, but the b- biggest question here, though, is like, are, are am I not supposed to be cleaning my ears with Q-tips? I pretty, well, I assume I mean, everything's been being be, bad. I mean, Just be what? careful. Just be careful. Yeah. I must okay. have gotten a little, right. a little too into okay. it. You know? Yeah, yeah, true. All right. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better, Liz. Those can be miserable. Horrible. My um, my kids had a lot. Yeah, but big for kids, problems with for kids, kids it's horrible, but it's not as adult one is worse. Yeah. Oh, Those are, sure. kids get the viral ones. This bacterial one is like spread into your brain and kill you. I honestly yeah. felt like my I felt like I had a toothache, a migraine headache, and an ear. It was the worst pain. It's just like I, I don't know how it's tolerable for anybody. Horrible. All right. What else? But anyway, I was bad. What I was saying is, I got it. You know, the whole Q-tip thing. It's like bad karma for that uh, relationship. It wasn't good. All right. So I talked about this. I shorted the market. I bought some puts. Big bet for me. And I just, I just think that's what's where it's headed. We shall see. They're going to try to fight it. Um, well, there's a whole MLB labor thing. I got into a whole thread on that. And the owners. I don't know if you heard about this, but the owners came up with their proposal for the paying the players. And the players just wanted, understandably, a prorated version of what they agreed on in March. Like, okay, fine, we're not playing 162 games, so give us 100 games worth or however many games we play prorated for the salaries, and we're good. That's a nice offer from the players. They're saying, okay, you're not making all the money for the whole season, so... And the owners are saying, well, there's no fans in there, so we may lose money. Sorry, we can't pay what we agreed to pay. But when when things are going great and extra money's coming in or QE is boosting asset values and owners are bought in for 200 mil. Now their franchise is worth 2 billion. They're not like, Ooh, our franchise appreciated 2 billion. Let's give some of the shares to the players. 
they're part of the the whole successful product that boosted from of course not right because the owners are the ones that plunked down the money they took the risk they deserve it do you agree Yes, I do agree. Yes. Owners put down the money. The, the uh, franchise appreciated it in value. It's theirs to sell at a profit. Okay, fine. So now you have COVID-19. The business climate isn't great. The fans aren't going to show up. Oh, wait, we're all in this together now. We're all in this together. We are losing money. You guys take a pay cut. We're all in it together. So we're all in it together when it goes down. But when it goes up unpredictably right. and beyond anyone's wildest dreams, oh, no, 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 we're, we're the risk takers, right? So yeah. that's unfair. So they should do that, okay? But as you see by their counteroffer, which is paying Mike Trout like a quarter of what he'd get paid or Garrett Cole, they're not doing that. They're expecting the players to share in the pain. And so I wrote a thread. I was like, you know, there's so many people saying, you know, the, the owners are the bad guys, the players are the good guys. But like, okay, whether we agree with that or not, it's not really that important because I don't know if you saw the thread, but I, I compared it to The Wire where Marlowe Stanfield just goes in and the guy Cuddy is the security guard at the convenience store. He just starts taking all the stuff right in front of his face. And it's just humiliating, right? Because he's the security guard, right. but he knows like Marlowe is a seriously bad dude uh, who will kill him at a drop of a hat. And he just says to him, he's like, hey, man, you know, it's fine. I'm not, you know I'm not going to do anything, but why do you have to like, disrespect me? Do this like right in my face. And Marlowe looks at him and he says... Yeah, you wish it were one way, but it's actually the other way. Basically, like, you wish life were about respect and that kind of thing, but it's just me taking what I want right in your face. That's all it is. And it was very harsh. He probably didn't even want what he was taking. He was doing it to, like, kind of demean that guy. Yeah, just to be like, yeah, you can't do anything. I'm showing you who the the alpha is in the situation. And so, but, you know, he was just saying this is the truth about this world that we're in. And I feel like with the players and the owners, that's just the truth. Like, it's just the owners. People are like, if the owners can't be fair, this is reprehensible. You know, like, this is wrong. Like, dude, you wish it were that way that you could complain about the owners being jerks. And they'll just be like, you know what? That's so unfair. The players don't share in the profits. So why are they being asked to share in the downside? That's just unfair. You're right. You're totally right. Prorated salaries it is. No, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're like Marlowe. They're just like, whatever, man. Like, we can't make money. We're not going to pay you the money. It's not worth it. They just don't care. You could argue with them, and they don't care. And how many people, and I considered myself like, you know, on the left side of things before I just got rid of all that shit. You know, we say, this is wrong. This is so wrong. This is so unfair. Like, these people, you know, QE, I bitch about that. Like, they're just printing money for the rich. It's like socialism for the rich. It's unfair. But like... Bitching about it is just, it's like Cuddy going up tomorrow and saying, this is disrespectful. It's like, yeah, but the, the world doesn't care about that. So what can you do? Well, you can buy some Bitcoin. You can opt, start opting out, transferring wealth out of the system into the other system. You could actually do something. You start something new and say, like, all right, we'll see. Go, good luck with your corrupt system. But at the same time, the players, it never occurs to them, well, okay, if they give us a shit deal and we say no, well, what can we do? Well, Phil Mickelson and, uh, you know, we talked, we talked about, no, I talked about this with Jeff, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady did some golf thing. And a lot of people watch that shit. Yeah. They're the most watched golf ever or something right. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they just did that. They, they filmed this thing. Like, could the players not rent a couple of fields and do some fun all-star game stuff for a bit and then gradually have different segments on it. And then be like, in the meantime, as they're building an audience and developing it, 
start a league for 40 games that count? Was it you that said in that thread? I think they said like, the, or somewhere the no, I, whatever. It wouldn't have to have as big as stadiums either. Right. Because of the crowd. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, right? It would be a lot harder to do it where you need to have 35,000 seat arenas. Cause hey, there's only so many of those that are, you know, that are good enough and people have deals and connections and owners have could block, you know, block those off, but getting a, a field isn't that hard. And filming and streaming stuff sounds like everyone's like, oh, it's impossible. And people are loyal to the the brand, the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Dodgers and the Phillies. They're, they don't care about the players. And all, all that has truth in it. You know, there's, they wouldn't make as much money. And if they got hurt doing that, that would be, they'd never forgive them. All that stuff is true. It would be difficult. It would be very hard. It would take a lot of work. It would take a lot of leadership. They'd have to make sure that they were all in it and they weren't easily poached by the owners. The, the owners would fight like crazy to do everything they could to stop it. There'd be all that is true. All that's true. No one's saying it's not hard. But if the owners are just basically Marlo Stanfield, where they're like, yeah, no, I know we agreed to this, but you're getting this. That's it. And you, you're like, dude, this is bullshit. And, and there's no season. Well, then. It may be necessary, right? It's hard, but it's necessary. You got to do your own thing. And they're like, well, dude, Mike Trout's going to lose five years of his career before this thing's even viable, if it's ever viable. Maybe. There's always the pioneer that lays the groundwork for the success of the future. I mean, somebody is always the first. Somebody's the one who does it. You know, I mean, the smaller examples like Kurt Flood and free agency. Someone had to be the first free agent. The free, there wasn't a free agency before. You know, and what happened? This created a bunch of debate. People went well, back. Well, a lot of people, I, uh, most people were like, yeah, they, you know, like if, if somebody's giving you a shit deal, no matter how desperate you are to take it, you got to walk out they're, If they're doing the Marlo Stanfield to you, like, dude, we don't care. You just say no and say, all right, sounds like I'm screwed, but let's figure out something we can do about this. Let's, let's figure out another way to do it. And everyone's like, it would be so hard. It's, it's like United States was founded because the colonists were like, this is a bullshit deal. They're taxing us. We have no representation in England. And F this, we're going to start our own thing. Do you, do you know what the penalty was for starting your own thing? It was the British army, the most powerful army in the world coming to kill you. That was the penalty. It wasn't, oh, it might fail economically. Many of the players are multimillionaires and they might fail and they may never get their careers. It's horrible if that would happen. It's not a light, it's, I'm not saying that lightly. But the, the Revolutionary War had way higher stakes, and people did it. And there are all the reasons. How are, you're not going to go against Great Britain, the most powerful country in the world. How are you going to go against Great Britain? What do you mean you're going to secede, start your own country? That's insane. It, history is littered with examples of people who got a raw deal and said, you know what, F this. Screw this, man. I'm going to start my own thing. And these people are like, oh, it can't be done. There's no way it can be done. Of course it can be done if they have the will and the leadership and they and they – you know, and they do, and they do it. It's, of course it can be done. Of course it can be done. But people are arguing about, well, I don't see how they would do this or contractually that. It's like, dude, fuck off. Okay. I'm not the one to give you the specific plan. I'm not here. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying at a certain point, do your own thing. It's 2020 filming networks. All that stuff is changing. You can film cheaper than ever. You can stream cheaper than ever. You don't need NBC or CBS. You could broadcast it online. You could get a small amount of money from the star power they already have now. You can get a couple of million dollars flowing in pretty easily. It wouldn't be enough to pay for everything, but it would be an investment that you would grow. It's never been easier. And then if you add the fact that you don't need fans now, which is a huge logistical problem, you could pay. You know how many people, you know how many Ivy League uh, MBAs would be lining up to be doing the administration for this thing? Do you know how many people would want in on the baseball league full of all the baseball stars? Everybody would. 
Of course they would. The agents would be organizing it. I wouldn't really trust them. But right um, now, Boris, what's going on with Boris? Well, he's yeah. got his own thing, right? But but you know, Boris is the guy who could start another league, basically, if he wanted to. I don't know if it would be like meet the new boss, same as the old boss. But the point, and he's got he's got the money too and the connections. But the point is that I, I don't like in Twitter when you put out an idea, and instead of saying um, that's fine, I don't like that idea, or I like that idea, but I think this. They're trying to like argue about details that you don't give a shit about. I'm not going to give you the plan to lay all of it out. I'm not going to tell you about stadium rentals and busing players around and COVID uh, protocols and stuff like that. It's just not. It's not the point of it. It's not the point of it. And so you're like eight. You're like eight arguments down the road from the thing that you're just trying to say. And so you right. you're arguing about something else than what you're even arguing. I'm just saying, it's a simple thing. If the owners don't give a fuck and they can't get a deal, that's just not a total robbery. And totally, you know, com- completely ignores anything they agree upon in, in the past. Now's the time. Explore it. You know, and that, that's yeah. what they should do. I love the idea. Not going to happen, but I, I'd love to see it happen. And uh, man, I'm with you. I don't. I hate arguing on Twitter. It's one of my least favorite things in the world. It's the main reason I don't tweet enough. So I, I, yeah, I can't. I just can't stand. I, that, I don't but. mind arguing the main point. The point you're arguing. Like I'm making this point. You don't agree. Okay, we have a debate about the actual thing. But when you're like six tangential arguments over it's the most annoying thing ever it happens to me in my personal life too it's like i have a disagreement <laughs> with heather and then you know we're arguing about one thing and like i'm like no no don't you see but it's like oh no you always say that no you always say that well no because last time you said this and now we're arguing about something that was said last week <laughs> about something else and i'm like i don't want to argue about this i don't care about this particular thing i just wanted to say this thing and if you don't agree that's fine you you may enlighten me about something i don't know and we may get i may get more uh deep, deeper into something but don't argue about some tangential issue that has nothing to do with the original thing. It's just, but they, everything migrates like that. It's like this goalpost moving. It's super annoying. Well, I'm, I'm this is baseball in general. I'm annoyed that this is the issue here. I mean, there's enough bullshit in the world right now. I want to talk about the universal DH, how the shortened season is going to affect my fantasy draft. I've already freaking signed up for two main events. Am I going to draft those? I want to go back to talking about that stuff and not can these guys well, come up to an agreement. It's, it's, I, I know the team is broken, so it's going to force them to fix something that's long been broken. I mean, it's, in a way, it's really good, but let's get this done. That's hopefully they clear it up, but I'm not that optimistic that the offer that the owners came with to me was not like, yeah, it was not, not credible, but, but here's the, here's the thing that I, I think. And the reason why the go your own way is to me, like, actually it's not that crazy is that I don't think the owners are that incentivized to have a season. Like if the owners, I actually like, I don't trust the owners on faith, but think about it. They don't want to open their books because there's probably a lot of shit in there that they're hiding. But I do think it's plausible that they don't make money this year, or maybe they lose some money this year. You know, like I, I don't, I don't, I think it's plausible that without all the gate and all the merchandise and all the concessions and parking and all that shit, um, that they may lose money this year. And so, if they're going to lose money this year while paying the players even the prorated amount, besides having like the dignity of like taking care of your employees, who you know, again, they don't share in the reward. So they shouldn't have to share in the risk. If you're just a total selfish, you know, maximize your profits person, why would you play? Why would you lose money? And why would you do it? 
Yeah, I mean, there are other issues like that last strike just devastated the attendance for the next decade. They're still recovering. And the if the other sports do return and the nation the way it is now, that is a bad look, man. That is a that's a tough one. Uh, I don't know if baseball would recover if they just they pass while the other sports return. Yeah, that's true. It wouldn't be good PR for the game. But think about how broken the players union would be at that point. Like they'd be like they give them the shittiest deal of all time for 2021. Yeah, well, I know something needs to be fixed. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a problem now. Like I said, I wish, man. I mean, I'm excited for sports. Like NBA could have like daily start times at noon. I mean, a, a one through sixteen tournament or something. I mean, I, I could be pretty sick. You know, I mean, man. Um, yeah, I wrote a Nick Foles Bears column, but uh, we didn't need to talk any more sports. A uh, couple things about you. So no, no more SATs in the UC system. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? And are you planning don't to send Sasha shit. back to school? I'm curious yeah, those two yeah. things. Okay, don't oh, give a shit about standardized. I don't give a shit about like maybe problems anyway. I, I okay. just don't care. We're, if if our school opens, we probably will. But okay. one thing that's liberating is so we you know we just spent a week out in this again. I call it the country house. It's like 300 bucks a month. It's like the greatest deal of all time. But we're like out there and we went to the beach during the day, you know, last three days. Like we drove like a couple of miles to the beach and we're swimming in the ocean and Sasha's riding her boogie board. And then we go back to the house and I get back on my laptop and do some more work. Like with her in school, we can't be out there all the time. So we rent this house. We share it with another couple. It's crazy cheap. We split it. They get two weekends. We get two weekends and it's this teeny little house, but it has this mini pool this giant yard, there's like flowers growing over both sides of the walls from the neighbors. It smells so good. It's like this jasmine and these uh, buttercups. They're like, you just walk out, you smell it. There's all these fruit trees on the property. You go down, you walk like, you know, five, ten minutes down this beautiful, like, country path, and you're in this little town, which has like a nice little grocery. Obviously, all the restaurants are mostly closed. And then it's like a couple miles to the beach. It's this little, like, seaside town it's like foggy in the morning and then it gets hot in the afternoon and it's it's amazing it's this incredible old buildings and houses and it's just so chill and we can only go there for the weekends it's by the way it's 35 minutes outside of lisbon but we can only go there for the weekends because sasha had to go to school in lisbon so you know we wouldn't it's just too much of a pain to keep going back and forth in traffic for school but she has no school i work remotely we can be out there as much as we want and so go to the beach every day school it's like school's like a job it like tethers you to something that you're like why it's like this it's like a prison well yeah yeah in the morning a certain time to pick up and yeah i know i know your 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 controversial tweets as well so uh yeah i hear you no it's going to be different there's gonna be a lot of uh, decisions to be made but your whole life is structured around this stuff that people are telling you what to do you yeah, got to do this, and, and not even to mention the the the, the probability, of, you know, the one on one teaching. How much better they really would do right. learn. But I don't want to deal with it. We want to outsource it. We want someone else to deal with this problem. People send their kids to school because they don't want to spend all day with their kids. You know, they want someone else to deal with it. They outsource it. Who the hell? Yeah, I probably, for, who the hell I, wants to deal with that shit? Yeah, you know? I know. But I, then I, you're I, like, I, but then you're like, you know, if I go to the beach with my kid for an hour and she's riding the boogie board and figuring out the waves, that's fun and like. Yeah. I'm not sitting there like doing some boring ass homework or something that I didn't even like when I was a kid. <laughs> totally, man. What the fuck are we doing, man? Your whole life is like one prison into another. You, you like trained in school to sit in this classroom and sit there. I remember sitting in school and just watching the clock being like, when do I get out of this prison? You know? And I went all the way through law school. Cause I was like a, 
I had Stockholm syndrome, I guess, or something. Dude, like, what am I doing? And then I'm lucky to have a job where I'm remote and I make my own sort of work in hours now, but you know, it took a while. But like, you know, then you get a job where you, you have schedule around the clock, got to be in a building somewhere. At least, at least it used to be that way until the virus hit. And you've been in prison your whole life. People telling you what to do, you got to do it. Yeah, what, what kind of way to live is that? Think about it as a human being. Like what, people are telling you what to do and you got to do it, whether you want to or not. Sasha says to me sometimes, I say, Sasha, you got to do this work. She said, why? I don't want to do it. And I have a hard time. I'm like, yeah, she doesn't want to do it. What am I supposed to say? Like, you got to do shit you don't like in this yeah. lifetime. Well, yeah. yeah. Do you or don't you? Uh, I mean, first of all, let me say that time is underrated. I valued it as such. I, I, I think time is just so, so underrated and so important. Uh, people will definitely treat money as more important, and I, and I do not see it that way. Um, well, I don't know. What are you saying? It's not. I mean, yeah, you've got to teach your kids sometimes. You do have to do things you don't want to, right? Well, I mean, but what do you life, really have to right? do that I mean, you don't what, want to do? I mean, isn't there a way to frame it so it's like, here's why you actually want to do this, I think. Like, yeah, sure. That's a great way to do it. Frame it differently, right, to make it to where they want to. But I mean, the that, idea that of, like, ideal. you just have to do this. But she's a good arguer, and she says, no, I understand. I wonder where stuff. she gets that from. I don't, I don't believe <laughs> oh, man. No. Talk about it. This is like... I mean, you, you, you. Well, it sounds like Heather's a good match too. So yeah, I, she got it twice. Yeah, no, it's 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 a serious problem that we've we've created, <laughs> we've created a monster. But I mean, you're like, listen, you got to do this, and she's like, why? I I know how to do this already. It's boring. I already understand it. Why am I just doing this just to do it? Yeah. And I'm like, nah, that's a good point. Because they because they need you to because they want you to send your assignment in second grade. Like, who cares? Right, like, think, like, think about it. ultimately in your life. Like, do you have to do a lot of the shit that you're supposed to do? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Why do you have to make your bed in the morning and then get to sleep in it again that night? But well, even I mean, you should... might want to. You might, when you walk into your room or through your bedroom to use the bathroom or something, you yeah. might want to see a nice, neat bed. I mean, I, I can see the case for that. But they like, do. I have these studies do show like homework doesn't even start showing any benefits until seventh grade. And they're like only increasing at this young age with all kinds of extra pressure. You're right. Not only are you doing probably things that are that are completely forgotten and needless, but you're adding pressure too, and like needless. Especially you're making life a misery. Age. Everybody's fucking miserable. Everyone walks around like oppressed by the shit. The people grading. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it is one begetting. Yeah, one miserable. Is it really necessary? Them. I thought it was. I went to law school. I thought I had to like. You know, I grew up in New York. Everything cost so much money. I thought I had to make so much money. I was going to have three kids. I was going to have to send them to private school. That was going to cost a gazillion dollars. I mean, there was, you know, there was no way I could survive at the level that I was used to. I, I needed to put, I had to make so much money. And then I ended up moving to California by myself, single, living off of like no money. 35 yeah. grand a year. I was, had no money. And I lived in a shit place. I had a roommate for a while. It wasn't that shitty, actually. It was, it was actually nice, but I mean, it was a cheap place. You know, you start to realize, like, I still was like, oh, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, I have to do that. But over time, you start to realize I ended up doing something I wanted to do, like a, a, a thing that I actually wanted to do. And I was lucky; I had a good education. I it was I could do it. I could do what I wanted to do. I had the the tools to apply to what I wanted to do. So I was lucky with that, you know. And I was lucky with the timing. Um, and just the randomness of my brother knowing a guy who went to college with Herb who put me in touch with Jeff and Pete. It was just very like kind of happenstance. But at the same time, I was super into fantasy sports and I was asking, you know, do you know anybody? Everyone, I was like, I, I'm obsessed with this. this is what I want to do. I don't know, man. The older I get, the more I'm like, how much shit do you have to do that you really don't want to do? And the answer might be close to zero 
if you have the self-confidence to, to, to deal with the consequences of not doing the shit you're supposed to. Man, I, I like it. No, I like that confidence a lot. Um, man, I, making me think, do you, do you do any, uh, you do many meditation lists? Uh, I'm going to, I, I do occasionally like five minutes a day sometimes, but I might do, uh, I might do some more just as like an experiment, like a longer uh, session. When I've heard like an app, I always laughed at it, but I'm told this Sam Harris app is like worth it, like big time. And I'm like kind of curious, interested in that. If anyone has any opinions on that, I can't but, imagine an app being helpful. I mean, I just think like you have to just, it's just a personal thing, but I don't know. That's, try, that try. was my impression too, but I've read a lot of, a lot of right. stuff well, that, I mean, and I've listened to him and he's interesting, but you're right. Yeah, I am. An, everyone's different, obviously for something like that too, but, uh, but meditation is a, you know, it can be a different thing. I mean, you should but, follow that dude. I told you Kapil Gupta. Yeah. Well, I've, I checked him out. through that shit with the sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit with seven the sharp. minutes for a $500 oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. Seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I have not paid for any of those podcasts, but I like his Twitter. He cuts through yeah. bullshit with a, you know, the machete. Yeah. He just, does not care but no about about school though i hear you though like i i found my later years in journalism and i minored i realized what i wanted to do for profession to be profoundly helpful for the rest of my life i'm not sure if much of it before that was i part of that is i was a a good student in the sense of i know knew how to get decent grades like cram right before or or whatever the, the, the teacher wanted for the grades that was horrible for retaining information plus my my behavior afterward for other other reasons. So I, I don't know how much school in general, you're saying law school. Yeah. How much do you use that? Uh, no, no, I mean, I, it's good to know sort of how the process works a little bit, but, and look over contracts a little bit from what I remember, but I, I, I don't regret anything because you just do what you do and you, but I would not advise people to do that unless they were like dead set on a specific type of law they want to practice or they, they were dead set on it. I, I should have done like science and math. I should have gone deep into math and I never really did. I've been, I've been, I just look up math stuff. You know about the Fibonacci numbers? You know about the Fibonacci numbers? I've heard of it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. It's like zero plus one is one, and then one plus one is two, and one plus two is three, and two plus three is five, and five plus three is eight, and eight plus five is 13. And you go in the order. You basically add the two previous numbers to form the next number, and then add the two previous to form the next number, and it goes on you know, infinitely. But uh, the higher you go, it tends toward this ratio, which is like 0.61, the smaller number is 0.61 of the bigger number. It's, it's like pi, like there's an infinite amount of digits, but it's 0.61-ish. And that ratio of like, you know, 0.61 of the smaller side to the, the one of the whole side is called the golden ratio. And it's the size of like a the rectangle of like picture frames for art. And if you draw like spirals inside rectangles that follow the Fibonacci areas or widths, it's like how flowers are made. You, you do these spirals and it's how nature creates basically the Fibonacci sequence. I'm not explaining it well. It's found in like in, in nature and in, in trade in stock trading, things go up, you know, 60% of the way basically. And they drop and they find like the Fibonacci points are often the inflection points of when a thing and hits the bottom and, and goes up and hits the top and goes down again. And it's just like fascinating stuff. There's more stuff to it. You know about the number E? The number E? Yeah. Um, I guess not. So that, the guy named Euler, it's spelled like it's Euler, but uh, it's named after him because his name starts with an E. And it's like mm-hmm. 2.71828, et cetera. It's like pi also. It goes on and on. And this, this thing shows up everywhere in like physics and in like engineering and in all sorts of math things. 
And it's just, you start researching these numbers, it will blow your mind just going down. Like math is the language of the universe. I'll tell you this. Okay, so, so let's say I lend you a dollar and I say, all right, I'll give you a, a 100% interest. So at the end of the year, you owe me an extra dollar. So I've got $2. But if I said, okay, it's 100% interest, but it doesn't compound once a year, it compounds once a month. In other words, it compounds fractionally mm-hmm. once a month. It'll so it's it, be it, shockingly high. Well, it will be, more, no, it will be shockingly high. It'll be more than a dollar because it's the same rate of compounding. It's going to be a 12th, you know, it compounds at a 12th of eight and a quarter percent or whatever, but every month instead of at 100% every year. So the first month, you've got a dollar eight and a quarter. And then that dollar oh. eight and a quarter is going to compound again the second month, et cetera, right? Right. Gotcha. And let's say if I said it compounded every day, and so it compounds 365 times, but it's a 365th, it would obviously be more. Well, let's say it compounded infinitely, like every you know, infinitesimal amount of time, it compounded an infinitesimal amount of that 100% for a year, well, you would end up having $2.71.828. It would be E. That's where like the limit would be on that. It's like it shows up in these, it's the craziest thing. That's probably, I probably didn't even do that one just to see the math people who listen are going to be like, no, dude, you got the, you, you didn't explain it well. That's fine. You, know, you, you just, you look at this stuff, man, you go down this, this is a rabbit hole to go down. It is just like, just start reading about E and start reading about the Fibonacci sequence and stuff. And you're like, it's just too crazy. It's, it's just, you can trip out on it. Nice. Um, I will say I, I did. Uh, I graduated with a degree in psychology, and I probably do use that in everyday life. But that that is some intense math stuff. I'll uh, I'll look into no, those. No, this is what, not uh, even intense. This is like the low. That's, 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 so yeah, I, I didn't right. do intense. <laughs> I I, yeah. I took multivariable yeah, sure. calculus as a freshman in college, and I got a C minus, and I only got a C minus because I was failing because I studied like for like twenty hours, like the night before the last exam, to get a B minus on the exam to get me a C minus in the course. And because I was partying, you can't skip like multivariable calculus classes and think like not do your homework and think you can, it's not like you can bullshit. It's not political science or something where you could write some bullshit paper and get a B. It's like, you don't know this. You don't know it. You can't fake it. You can't fake multivariable calculus. And I just was like, prioritize that bullshit instead of learning something real. And I really, that's my biggest regret uh, about the time of my life is that I should have, I was good at math. I loved math. And I should have just gotten, I should have just gone deep into it. And it's hard now. I try to, I try to do some online classes. It's just boring. It's too slow. Then I miss something. I just, it's, I haven't been able to really connect. But if I read about like E or I read about Fibonacci sequence, it gets me excited for the reasons that I used to like it, you know, originally. So I would recommend that. With sports down and quarantine, this has been a good time for myself last few months of just like trying to catch up on things or, 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 or learn new things such as that. Um, uh, yeah, go down that hole. Wait, and speaking of what which, have you learned? Uh, you haven't com- learned shit. Yeah, well, yeah that's right. I said attempted to. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're um, getting horrible. into the nutrition and health stuff. You're, I could tell by your emails you're like way more knowledgeable than before. Oh yeah, and I'm way into that big time, and uh, yeah, and I've followed very, very different politically um, how I've uh, consumed media through um, how I've how I've done that. I've, I've changed greatly there, and I'm just crazy deeper into football than ever at this point of year. I mean, normally I'm baseball. I'm not even pay attention to football, and now I'm like very, very much into it. Um, Are we gonna get like we're, football we're, fatigue though? Because like normally. For at least April and most of May, it's mostly football. There's the NFL draft gets some attention for a couple of weeks, and then you're back to baseball until at least like, you know, training camps. I mean, there's some OTA stuff that happens, but we've dissected football every which way for two months because there's been no baseball. 
Well, there's no doubt that that'll be true if baseball doesn't come back. But I'm just guessing two weeks from oh, now, maybe I'll be suddenly asked to be writing sleeper columns for baseball. Like it, it's going to switch. So I, I totally agree with you that it's going to be a nightmare if, it, if it's just yeah, fatigue in a huge way. It's just May. But for now, it's, it's, it's working. Um, what, so, so you want to talk about the, 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 the tweet you said, what, what is going on? I mean, it's just the dumbest fucking thing. But like Trump says chloroquine, which is we talked about this, which is a, a malaria remedy. It's an old, cheap malaria remedy. It's like a dollar a pill. They don't can't make money on it. And apparently if you use it with a couple of other things like zinc and something else, it had some success. It was used in places around the world. But then Trump said it. And then there was a whole industry of media and medicine set up to say, no, that's wrong. It's dangerous. You can get sick, whatever. So nobody fucking knows now because, you know, oh, it's this Trump bullshit, you know, and so maybe he's just full of shit. Um, and so there's a study comes out, uh, this Lancet study. Lancet is the uh, journal that's super influential. And, and then the WHO took it and said, no more chloroquine. I want to, you know, even though doctors around the world have been prescribing this and we want to stop this, it's too dangerous, doesn't work, whatever. And now a story came out in The Guardian that um, this was a bullshit study. They were falsifying data. And the hospitals that they claimed to have gotten the data from uh, denied sharing the data with this uh, company that did the study. And so there's fake debunking of a medical treatment. Now, look, I don't give a shit whether it works or not. Like, I mean, I give a shit. I hope it works. But I'm saying, like, I'm not like... I'm not, I don't care about fucking Trump saying it or not saying it. It doesn't matter to me. It's not relevant to me who said it. It's just relevant to me if hopefully people get better on it. That's the only thing that matters. But people are such idiots that they're actually rooting for it or falsifying data for it or supporting falsification data for a medical treatment to dunk on the president or to support the president. It's like the stupidity is, is beyond belief. The Politicizing a possible uh, cure for this is just it's politicizing beyond. cheap, it's accessible un- medicine <laughs> it's, it's, that might work. Wow. I mean, again, I you know I, I wouldn't know for sure if I got if I was sick with coronavirus, I'd certainly want to at least look into it at this point. But but again, I'm, I don't give a shit. I'm not the spokesperson for this bullshit. I don't care. But it's just so. No, but I did. I learned about that from you. You that that article was was a good one. You yeah, found. I retweeted because I'm like, what is going on? What the fuck is yeah. going on? Like, how is right. it? How is it that like this study that came out and said, okay, this thing isn't, you know, what it's cracked up to be was then bullshit. And the WH, it's like, it's like the WHO fell for that shit or do they fall for it? Or they are connected with vaccine development and they don't want the shit to work. You know, I I don't know, but it's just like, what the fuck is going on? How is that possible? How is it possible that this kind of shit happens? But we had a three year conspiracy that was planted and looks like some of the shit's coming out by the FBI that, Russia was controlling, you know, Putin was controlling Trump and everyone went along with that shit too. So it's like, well, what the fuck is going on? How is this possible? How's this possible? I saw a tweet by this guy and he said, you know, ever since the Epstein thing and the Iraq war, WMDs in Iraq and shit like that, like his worldview, and this was the same thing happened to me. He's probably at the same age as me, this guy. You're just like the things you thought, the things you trusted, just they left. They're gone forever. You're like, what the fuck? What is going on? The New York Times, it's just, a, it's just a total... I mean, I grew up in New York. You know, I was a New York City resident. I, I read the New York... We got the Times delivered. I read it every day. When I was a kid, I read the sports. I read the New York Times, like, that was it. That was the truth. That was, like, the source. And for me to be looking at this, like, this is an unreadable source. Yeah. This is a political I, rag. This is propaganda. How did that come to be? Was it always this way? I don't know. It's just... 
It's incredible. I saw someone that I do like who I follow on Twitter uh, says that unfortunately, if you want to follow American politics, you have to subscribe to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Um, I, I can't totally disagree, but do you disagree with that? Totally. Totally. So if you want I, to follow. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't follow politics. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I see a lot of shit on Twitter, but like, I don't follow every little thing, like who the front runner for VP is and all that shit. You know, I don't, I don't really follow it in that way. The horse race as much, but you know, I, I think I follow like the, or at least if you, I guess if you want to kind of know how, how I guess people are trying to make people think, I guess is a way of, but yeah, well, I, it's I, true. I'm I mean, sure it's possible without, I'm sure you do it, but uh, I, I get, there's also that counter is all I'll say. If you want to know American politics, why would you just follow you know, people on Twitter? Like, yeah, Glenn that's Greenwald, what I've been trying to do. Matt yeah, no, Taibbi, for sure. Glenn yeah, Greenwald, absolutely. Matt Taibbi and yep. guys like that who were like, just trying to, they're not perfect, but they're, they're looking for facts. Yeah, I know. I like Matt Taibbi. I like um, Matt Stoller. I like Matt uh, Stoller. He's annoying. I had to see. There's certain guys like Stoller, and this guy I followed for a financial uh, Keith uh, McCulloch. Keith McCulloch, Stoller. This other guy, MCT, this trader guy who was pretty good, and then this other guy on the coronavirus, this like Ivor Cummings or whatever. I was following those guys, and I liked them. But they just, my whole feed was them. They just couldn't stop themselves. And I had to unfollow all of them because it was just too much. It was like it's too much them for my feed. So I had to, right. I had to nix them. But I, I do. Michael, Michael Krieger's in a, Krieger, yeah. Krieger, he's in a, Krieger's pretty he's good, a, yeah. But he's I like Michael like, Tracy too. I like Michael Tracy. He's kind of a, a madman, but he's, he's, he's another one. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, all those guys. I mean, all those guys that just try to uh, tell the truth, you know, They're, they don't have like some yeah. agenda. They're just, they have biases, but they, you know, they're, they're just trying to get it what's actually happening as best they can. And those are, and I think you can actually learn a lot more following them, but you're not going to get all like the, it's kind of like the Bitcoin discussion we had earlier. It's like all that Craig Wright shit. Like you might miss some of that, but you're going to get all the, the basic threads of what's important. Totally. And that's, that's on totally on theme with you. That's on brand for you. So that makes sense. Um, you don't care about the other shit. Um, one thing I want to say real quick about COVID is, the uh, they keep trying to get me to not take the antibody test. I don't know if you've seen that, but all the results come out saying don't you know very, very uh, unlike you know it could be half the percent could be you know positives uh, testing. I believe false What's positive. What's the point of all these numbers? But, all these stats. Well, hold on, but the, the, when you look into that more, it's it's very much just all about the prevalence le- levels. Is all that is, and if you just you know you you reject the 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 premise that we're at just a low level to begin with, then that changes absolutely everything. So I, I don't know where what to think really, but I don't know where. What have you are you follow the numbers and where we are? You know, like do you follow. Um, uh, what's his face? Like five thirty eight, and like do you, do you follow what's going on in the world as far as that. Uh, no, uh, I've been following a little bit of numbers, you know, in Portugal, uh, the U S yeah, they had like a hundred thousand deaths, but then, but then the, uh, incidences have been declining, you know, like there's fewer and fewer every day now. Portugal is pretty low. Europe's gotten a lot better. I guess the epicenter now is like Brazil at this point. So I followed a little bit, but I can't really sift through it. I, I'm actually like, you know, we, we hung out uh, this weekend with our pretty distancey, you know, Sasha walks a little close to people and stuff sometimes, but like, I'm less and less worried about it. I feel like, yeah, I think outdoors is, is my, I, I'm feeling outdoors. I don't like the touching like, of doors. I mean, I'll wash my hands when I get home still, but like less and less, am I really worrying about that surface? Me too. I'm more worried about being in closed spaces with right. people for a long in a amount grocery of time. Store, that's, that's what I'm trying to know, avoid. Get, let I me would, get in there 15 minutes, you know? 
Yep, totally. And I, I would even go, you know, eat or whatever outside or something. I mean, just outside. But um, yeah, I'm with you. And trying to to start integrating more uh, with people and kids playing each other and whatnot. Um, all right, man. Uh, what about I, I guess uh, I have just a couple other things? So cool. All right, let's go. You know, Heather's like yeah. making plans with like her friend, like because it's her friend's birthday and her, her birthday's there. We're like, oh, why don't we all rent a hotel out? You know, it's cheap. We can get a good deal now. And she's like trying to plan that for October. I'm like. I just feel like, you know, we're in March, we were, her uh, mom came to visit from California and we we're up in like the uh, middle of Portugal in this nice hotel uh, up in the mountains. And it was just chill. It's very like peaceful, not much to do there, but relaxing. And we were like drinking bottles of wine and eating, I was eating like, you know, two entrees for dinner. Like I usually do. And, uh, I was like, this is the last hurrah. I just felt that the, the virus news was coming up. The markets were starting to crash. I was like, this is it. This is it. Like we're, after this is going to be different. I just knew. I just had this feeling, and now we've been kind of shut down and whatever. And and like I don't really want to go back to that fucking empty, useless partying fucking thing. Oh, it's everything's a fucking party. Let's go to Vegas, dude. All of us. Yeah. Hey, what the fuck is the point? I don't mind having a good conversation with my friend, have a cigar, drinks, a couple of drinks. But this whole thing, these like hotel 50th birthday party show, what are we going to do for our 50th? Like, I don't give a fuck about that. You know, like it's all just this empty fucking celebration of nothing. Don't you feel that way sometimes? Why? Why are we eating fucking shit food? It's horrible for you. To celebrate what? It's just the fucking weekend. Big deal. You didn't do shit this week. You just did your stupid job. So what? I kind of am reaching the point of, of missing human interaction a little because I, but I, I've been affected less by the need to stay inside or whatever. But I hear what you're saying. Like, I, I mean, I, I kind of miss just that superficiality a little. But yeah, I mean, I've probably always been a little cynical say, to begin with. I'm not saying that, that don't you know say hello to your neighbor or you know have a have a coffee with someone. But this whole like fucking idea of the fiftieth, where are we going? Where are we flying to? It's like. The fuck you yeah, what, that's gonna get, what's that going to get you? What's that going to what's going to fucking what's that going to do for you, man? What would it take to go on an airplane, right? What would it take to fly commercial? Well, Heather wants to right go now? back to to LA for the for August. She's like, I have to see my family. I'm like, fuck. I want to be in LA of all places. Fucking hellhole. I don't know. I always I always dread traveling, even though I do it a lot. So uh, I don't know. I probably have to delete some of this shit, but. Uh, Point is, I just, I just don't really, again, I'm not a misanthrope. I, I'm fine. I, I love people. And, uh, but I just think like the, that sort of like empty celebration shit. What the fuck was that anyway? Have we not like yeah. grown out of that already? I mean, come on. Yeah, most people don't even want to be there. They're, they're fake celebrating. It's yeah, like the that. fake celebration of every fucking thing. Like, you know, how about just going for a fucking walk in this place that we have, like, it's nothing. It's ten, it's five hundred square feet. The bed sucks. There's like one bathroom. You know, it's like it's teeny little. But like being out there and going to the beach during the day, I'm like, you know, my family. I wouldn't mind like a friend. You know, I have a friend who lives pretty close by. I'm gonna probably meet him up, meet up with him next week for a cigar, have a glass of wine. You know, but like, I don't. Uh, that's it, man. I don't need any of this shit. This is all bullshit. <laughs> I, I I hear you. Um, you got anything else? Yeah, you got any football shit? You're all into football? 
No, I don't have. I mean, we whatever. We don't need football. I just did two podcasts in the last five days with Matt Harmon. He studies a lot of film, reception, perception, and, and a lot of wide receiver talk. And I talk my difference ADPs. You want to listen talk sports? Go go do the go listen to my podcast there or, or the mini roto wire. Oh, you're out on sports. You won't even do any sports. It used no, to be like sports. you want. I came across. Want to hear a, a fun fact? And I actually, do have a question for you in football. I came across this in 1990. The Phoenix Suns scored an NBA record 107 points in the first half of a game right. and finished with zero three-pointers. Found that to be astonishing. Wow, crazy. That's crazy. They finished over two from three-point oh, land at 107 points in the, in the yeah. first half. Um, okay. Onside, I guess this actually was scrapped right before we started recording this morning, but onside kick attempts switched to fourth and 15 in the right. NFL. Liz's thoughts. Uh yeah, it's a little easy. It's going to like make a lot of annoying things when you have a lot on the line because, you know, these QBs now that are mobile and stuff, I mean, they're going to convert like 30% of those or something like that. It's going to be more than you think. Maybe not 30, maybe 20. But, you know, they got nothing to lose, right? Because it's like your own 20. But like, you know, if you're going to lose the game anyway, if you don't go for it, you're going to go for it. And it's, I, I guess the, the onside kick was supposed to be like 10%. And they're going to turn it into like 20% or more. Depending on who your QB is, but it's gonna it's gonna affect a lot of outcomes that wouldn't have been affected by the kick. So I guess it's gonna be uh, it would be if they did do it eventually uh, untimed down, which makes sense because that'd be horrible unintended consequences if teams able to run out the clock. But yeah, it could be exciting. I don't know what whatever they did just made that the onside kick go away. You know the rules that they changed um, and that that did take an element away of the comeback, but it probably is fairest that way. But anyway, it's an interesting thought. I was, I was curious your opinion. Yeah. I mean, do we even need the onside kick as a thing? I mean, that's an, right. Right. In the sense, like, do we need comebacks all the time? I guess comebacks are exciting. People think so that makes them more likely, but it just, I don't really like it. Actually. I think it's going to lead to some cheap wins where a team makes like an unbelievable conversion in that fourth and 15. You're like, ah, oh, come on. We had this one. I mean, this bullshit on fourth and 15 and they got it and they got a touchdown and we lost They didn't cover the spread. You'd be pissed right. about that shit. Um, no, for sure. Frustrating. I'm fired up, man. Let's get some, uh, let's get the super contest going. Who's going to have to go. Oh, maybe. Yeah. If you're in, uh, you stop by Vegas and sign us up in person for that. We're going to have to figure that out. Uh, that, that, you, is, uh, actually, are you going to the Rotowire? Is there a Vegas trip plan? No, There's no, not. No, I got canceled. No, okay. Canceled. Okay. Okay. All right. Cause I, so, I know Vegas is reopening. I mean, that's, I, I think Vegas maybe. is in big trouble and I actually want to fade the Raiders cause of it. I mean, you're going to a city, I, I'm already paranoid. But every time I it's go to a Vegas, weird city I, to be, it's I, the weirdest city, arguably in the world, to be in right now. That's <laughs> the first year a franchise there. It's, it's, it well, only compounds it. Yeah. Exactly. And and I, every time I go to Vegas, even in normal times, I'm always like, there better not be like an earthquake where the power goes out here in the summer, because if there's no air conditioning, it's not, and all those people crammed in those buildings, like this shit's going to get uncivilized quick. And there's one road out of there. There's one road. If everyone leaves at the same time, mm-hmm. this is not good. Not good at all. I'm like, this is like a very fragile ecosystem in Vegas. Well, that's and, what would have been insane if they had moved the NBA there. Imagine the players being cooped up the last three months and then release them there when Vegas just reopens. But that's why Orlando and private property makes far more sense. Although Disney World opening concurrently is weird. But sorry, continue. But now, like, so think about Vegas, right? You go to Vegas, and you, like this whole house of cards economy, man, it's just so weird. You're walking down these casinos, and you know, we're in like these nice casinos, the Aria and the Cosmopolitan, and then we're in the, you know, the Wynn or wherever, and you see these restaurants, and it's like 
fancy restaurant, fancy restaurant, fancy restaurant. I mean, one after another after another. You look at the menu. Everything's 85 bucks for a steak, yep. 60 bucks for fish. You know, it's, you're going to spend 150 200 yourself just going. And they're all of them. And every casino has 20 of those things, and every high-end casino. And there's like 20, 30 of those casinos. And you're like, how are these restaurants filling and doing business every night, every single night in the summer, you know, where it's like brutal in Vegas? And you're like, how is this sustainable? They're like flying in seafood into the desert and selling it to people. It's like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure, like, that's why they're not as nearly as good as like the real version of the restaurant in New York or San Francisco or Chicago, wherever it is. Right. But like... You're like, what the fuck? Like, how is this sustainable? And then now, if Vegas is at 50 or 60% capacity or whatever it is, I, I just don't see how those places can survive. Like, all of those places. And all the people that work at those places. And all the people that work at those places, you know, make... You, you work at a high-end restaurant, it, you probably make 150, 200 grand. I, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but you make a lot of money and 20% tips on, you know, $800 meals. And... And you spend that money in Vegas. You live in Vegas. You spend that money in you know other restaurants and bars and goods, shopping, whatever. And that money is not in the economy anymore because the restaurant can't support you know its employees anymore. And how is this shit going to work? I, I can't. I can't even imagine Vegas in two three months. Yeah, I mean those hotels are sneakily just so massive. I mean, you, it takes you forever to just walk to the one next door. I just uh, looked it up right now. It's like 150,000 hotel rooms are in the city. Right, hotel rooms are in the city of Las Vegas, and it's obviously was the most overpriced place in the world to begin with. I mean, just uh, yeah, that that setup well, let me is ask not you this. ideal. How much do you think it costs just to air condition that place in the summer? Yeah, it's 150. Right, and they want to keep it cold because they don't want you outside. They want you sitting there giving away your money. Yeah, no, and that's, but let's say it's half full right you can't just and what are the ones that are third full going to do like what are you going to do like just close it down because then what are you going to air condition it while it's closed because if you don't air condition while it's closed you're going to just leave all those rooms and the carpets and the beds and the furniture baking at 115 degrees with no ac the whole casino just baking in the heat you know (laughs) if i mean that thing's going to have to get imploded if you leave it like that i'm pretty sure right they can't just sit there in the heat like that indoors everything just melting in there I mean, it's. I wouldn't go in there after a month of it not being air conditioned in the summer. They got to air condition the whole place, whether it's full or not. It's just I can't even. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think I, of that. I, I yeah, think of the that cost could be of those. Just the, gross. the electricity right. cost. I mean, it's just one hundred and ten degrees. Yeah, crazy. It's, it's just unbelievable. So, speaking yeah. of which, my pool was ninety eight degrees yesterday. You made fun of the who's laughing now? The solar panels uh, installed ninety eight. Well, I don't want a ninety eight degree pool. That's it. Yeah, I don't think it was actually that hot, actually. But uh, yeah, it's very nice, and the kids are enjoying it. But um, yeah, the, Vegas is going to be a very big problem. The fact that the Raiders are playing there is a whole other dimension. Just at least it's the Raiders, right? I mean, what a perfect franchise it is. But man, I I don't That's know. That's a sick stadium, man. Have you seen it all black? It looks really. I, sick. I mean, I I like the Raiders. After the Giants, I'd probably root for the Raiders if I had to pick course, a different yeah. team. Love Gruden, not for sure. Yeah, no. no well, I, I rooted for the Raiders that. as a kid, though. When when the Giants were bad, I rooted for the Raiders. Yeah, Stabler was my dad's like favorite player. I mean, that was an, an awesome franchise to root for for sure. I'll um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll grill you with some other NFL stuff later. This is a long pod already, but I have some questions. We we disagree quite a bit in, in football this year, we do. but um, huh? yeah, quite what a bit. You, what, are you, um, what are you most wrong about? 
What do you uh, disagree the most on? So many you can't I can't even don't know where to begin. But do you know that there's a Jeffrey Epstein doc that was released on Netflix yesterday that I should have, if I was a you know better a podcast uh, co 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 person here, I would have already watched. But I'll, I'll watch it and report next week. But right. it's actually getting like reviews. Our- but I don't think it's going to be too revelatory. But and it highlights the victims. But I don't know, man. From uh, I don't know. I guess there are a couple things. But at least at least it's not completely going away. This story. As I said, like a company is publishing in the Lancet, in a Lancet study that gets published and the who picks it up and it's fake. What the fuck? Everything's in operation. Everything. So it's like this Epstein thing. Yeah, that's obviously massive, but it's like now I'm just like everything's fake. Every single thing. I don't know. I don't know what's what. It's like you think you're out of the matrix and you're like, oh, but you're just in this other matrix and you got to pull yourself out of that. And there's like a matrix behind the matrix. You know, it's like you can never fully extricate yourself. You don't realize like even the, you know, the chair you're sitting in is not a chair. You know, it's like it gets like you can't get you can never escape. So I don't know. On that note, this is one of our longest podcasts ever. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. You got any final thoughts, recommendations? Yeah, just uh, a British show called Normal People on Hulu is my recommendation of the week. And uh, good stuff, Liz. Good talking to you, man. Hope, right. hope your family's all well. Thanks. You too, man. Take it easy, Don.